Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Royally Us podcast. I'm your host, Christina Garibaldi, and this week, Prince Harry gives an impassioned speech encouraging everyone to get vaccinated, Kate and William release a rare video of their personal lives, and Prince Charles is still fuming over Prince Harry's tell-all. As always, I am joined by Molly Mulshine, the host of the Diva Behavior podcast, and this week our guest is Isabella Naylor Leland, who turned her aunt Alethea's diary entries about her childhood with Queen Elizabeth into a brand new book, The Windsor Diaries, My Childhood with the Princesses Elizabeth and Margaret. Hi, Molly. How are you? Hi, I'm good, Christina. How about you? Doing good. Lots of uh, royal news to get to today. Absolutely. Both sides of the Atlantic. Sorry. Well, let's get to our royal roundup and kick it off with Prince Harry, who encouraged the public to get vaccinated during an impassioned speech at Global Citizens Vax Live, the concert to reunite the world. So this was really his first big public appearance since Prince Philip's funeral and, of course, the big tell-all interview. And so he gave a speech and reportedly got a standing ovation. Yeah, the crowd was roaring for him, Mm -hmm. and it was a really cool visual seeing him standing in front of the Global Citizen sign. I thought that was just such a cool symbolic photo. Something I found really interesting about his comments was that he made up, he talked about the media making up stories. He said, Mm -hmm. if only... If only uh, we could roll out the vaccines as quickly as the media can spread misinformation. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, a little dig. <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with vaccines. But right. I- I guess it's just a metaphor, as the Real Housewives of New Jersey would say. <laughs> <Yes>. He's always, <laughs> you know, double messaging when, uh, you know, up there, you know, always got to take a little dig at the media. But it seems like Harry and Meghan are very closely involved in this. They are um, ambassadors to this cause. So it seems like they're going to be spreading the word a lot more. Right. And it will be airing this weekend, um, yes. the the special, and it's got tons of celebrities in it. So it should be totally. Great. Yeah. I'm sure he was rubbing elbows. Selena Gomez is hosting. Jennifer Lopez was there performing the Foo Fighters. So, you know, he is rubbing, rubbing elbows with some big names. Absolutely. Can't wait to see it. All right. Well, Prince William showed his support for a social media strike organized by UK soccer fans by starting a digital detox of his own. So he did like a social media blackout over this past weekend to show solidarity to UK soccer. 
Right. So the there's been a big issue for a long time with racist abuse in the football or soccer uh, leagues in Europe. And William has spoken about it before. He has, this is something that he likes to talk about a lot. And he's, he's wanting to challenge social media companies to improve their policies and processes so that players don't have to see this stuff and, and so that people don't have to deal with it. So it's cool that he took part in the blackout as well, because we know how much more effort he and um, the Duchess have been putting into their social media accounts. So yeah, totally. Actually, might could make a difference yeah and he was uh, did a media bo- boycott from uh friday to monday and like you said it was in response to the sustained abuse received online by players and many others in the football community he's spoken out about this before like you said so hopefully somebody on his platform could definitely make a difference and you know get people talking and to stop the hate because it's you know ridiculous we don't need that we need some love around here right and it's sports it's like how do you even take right. it seriously enough to be that mean about seriously. it seriously like you have nothing better to do. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, before William took a social media freeze, he and Kate released a very rare video, which gave us a glimpse inside their life with their three kids. It is absolutely adorable. I know. I want to <laughs> hire whoever did the video to do my like wedding video. It was so cinematic. It was so nice. And I thought it sent a really strong message of, you know, we just saw Harry and Megan open up a lot. They mm-hmm. talked for you know, over an hour and we're still dissecting it. And I think this is sort of William and Kate saying, well, we can open up too because we've never seen a video this long with them and their kids just in their natural environment. So I think they were definitely trying to sort of say something with that. I think so too. I mean, do you think that now maybe we will hear them, you know, maybe they, I mean, obviously they're not going to have a tell-all interview because that's just not how the Royals work. But I wonder if we will be getting these more personal glimpses inside their life and making, making it seem like they're more human than we've seen in the past. I think so. I think that is going to be like their biggest contribution to modernizing the royal family and just being Mm -hmm. like, we're not untouchable. We are, you know, down to earth people just like everyone else, whether that's true or not, obviously, you know, open to interpretation, (laughs) but they're definitely not afraid to, to show that in a way that I don't think, you know, I can't picture... Uh, the queen doing this rolling around on the beach with her kids in a video back in the 50s or 60s. You know? No, definitely. They weren't firing up the s'mores, but I think yeah. like, I mean, it, it is, it's definitely like a real moment. The kids are very well behaved in that video. So I, 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 it is nice to see them behind the, the curtain, I guess. And, you know, being a real family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, like, it was a great 10th wedding anniversary to us. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was so great. Yes, and they got a lot of well wishes from the Queen, uh, Prince Charles, and also we have reporting that Prince Harry actually sent um, Kate and William their well wishes as well for um, their 10th anniversary. So that was pretty cool. Right. I wonder how that was received. I'm right. really interested in that. Me too. I'm like, I'm, I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit more later on about how William and Harry's relationship has, you know, kind of evolved since they saw each other. But, you know, we hear that he, he and Megan both messaged them privately, which, you know, they don't really have the social media platform anymore to really, to send out like an Instagram photo. But, um, but it's nice to see that they're kind of maybe getting back on track. Right. Yeah. That, that is good. It, Mm -hmm. it, hopefully will open up the doors. Even yeah. Better. What did you think of their 10th anniversary portraits? I loved them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kate looks stunning. 
Yes. Kate looks the same as she did in their engagement photos. It's insane. Like she has not aged a day. <laughs> right. And what did you think about them? I thought they looked, I thought she looked beautiful. I love the dress. I heard the dress sold out in like minutes. Um, so I thought she looked stunning. And, you know, like you said before, you know, it's kind of like showing a softer, more personal side to them, which I love. Right. And I thought it was really just going to put on my amateur art history uh, major <laughs> hat for a minute, like so I can be like Kate. But the way that she was sort of looking out into the distance in the photos and William was sort of wrapped up around her. And we know that Kate has been sort of given the keys to be the queen's like basically successor symbolically as like mm -hmm. a woman who's going to be in charge and who people look up to. It seemed like these photos were sending a message that's like... Kate is the future of the monarchy mm -hmm. and she's going to be looking out after everybody. And she's like, just sort of this, you know, placid, graceful force that the monarchy is going to be relying on. So I thought I just, that's what I, the vibe I got from just. I like that. <laughs> I love that so much. You'd get an A back in uh, art history. <laughs> I love it. Well, there was definitely a scary situation at Windsor Castle that went down. A pair of intruders broke into Queen Elizabeth's estate and two people allegedly scaled the fences near where she walks her dogs. And this isn't the first time that this has happened in the past few weeks. Right. There were, so it was a 31-year-old man and a 29-year-old woman who scaled mm -hmm. the fences. And then a few days earlier, a 44-year-old Spanish woman who claimed to be Andrew's fiance got in for 20 minutes. She was so convincing that reportedly the guards at the front paid for her taxi. Right. Because <laughs> they thought she was going on a date with Prince Andrew. I can't with that. That is crazy. Like, don't and they have like a list of people that should and shouldn't be allowed inside the palace? I know. She was there for 20 minutes before being arrested. These people, you know, like you said, scaled the fence. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's time to beef up security a little bit. I think it's time to open up the pubs in London because <laughs> clearly people are bored. <laughs> they really are. And it's time to get back get, to normal. Yeah, we got to get indoor dining back because <laughs> it's too hard to get a reservation outside and all these people are going nuts. And they're like, that's probably why they broke in just to knock on the door and be like, hey, can we please eat inside? <laughs> <laughs> please, please. All right. Well, now it is time to spill the royalty and we've got a lot of gossip and rumors to discuss. And let's kick it off with Harry and Charles's strained relationship. Now, as Weekly had reporting that there really wasn't much progress that was made when Harry was back in the UK for Prince Philip's funeral. Um, they really didn't talk and Prince Charles is still pretty, pretty mad that this tell-all interview happened. Yeah, I mean, I guess it must have been really hard to, mm -hmm. to even broach the subject when they were dealing with the funeral and everything while right. Harry was back. That's and true. Of course, we all know Charles is working toward, he wants a slimmed down monarchy and According to this reporting, it seems that this might be killing two birds with one stone, right? Right. That's what it seems like. It seems like he is totally freezing Harry out. But on the other hand, Harry kind of froze himself out. I mean, he didn't want to be a part of this anymore. So I don't think that that's really going to bother him. I think it's just the fact that he's not having this relationship with his father, not the future king, a relationship with his father. Yeah, it's really... I. It sounds like they're at an impasse completely. Yeah, it really does. I don't, I, I mean, hopefully they settle their differences in the future, but based on this reporting, it really seems like the two are really at odds and not going to mend fences anytime soon. Unfortunate. Yeah, but it seems like things between Harry and William are slowly getting back on track. At least, you know, they haven't, we got reporting that they haven't buried the hatchet yet, but they are talking and they are in more communication, which is good, a good thing to hear. 
Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting just to think about the fact that these fights are going on for so long. And I don't know, it just makes you wonder if they knew this was going to happen when they did the interview or because they couldn't possibly have thought that everyone would say, okay, now that you've said your piece, we're all going to be like happy family again. Right. It's just, yeah, I can't, I can't understand really the motivation now that we're seeing how bad the fallout has been. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what their, the end game was for this. I mean, they just wanted to maybe have a clean slate, but you know, I, yeah, the, the repercussions in their family are probably going to be felt for quite some time. Right. And it, it, I guess maybe Harry is thinking, well, the family is separate from the institution, but it's very clear that not everyone really feels that way. Yeah, and they, yeah. it, it just seems that they think maybe a knock against the institution is a knock against the family as people. So. Right. Yeah. Because I'm sure they, you know, like you said, they go hand in hand for so many years. It's hard to kind of separate the two, I'm sure, when you're living it. Right. Oh, man. Well, there's also some news that Harry might be pressing pause on his upcoming trip to the UK for Princess Diana's statue unveiling. I mean, there's probably a lot of factors as to why he wouldn't go back. I mean, Meghan is scheduled to give birth around that time, I'm guessing. They said late spring, early summer. And, you know, but I feel like he would be there for that. I know, especially with the way that Harry and Meghan have gone out of their way to tie Diana's legacy into their own work over the past Mm. year or so. They have been talking about her and mentioning her on their website and everything. It's clearly really, really important to them that they keep her memory alive. So it just doesn't seem like something that he would miss. I don't know. I don't think so either. I think that he's going to be there unless something, you know, obviously happens with Megan or something like that. But I think for... Right now, I think it's still a go. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I think that's it. All right. Well, while Duchess Camilla may one day sit beside Prince Charles on the throne, it may not be as queen. Now, this is kind of interesting. They, you know, her son spoke out in an interview saying that it's still not decided whether or not she will be given the title as queen. So, yeah, this is really interesting, first of all, that he even opened up about this. But right. He does do some journalism and stuff on the side. So I guess it's it's interesting that he hasn't squealed more. Than Seriously, he, give us more. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, he said he doesn't know if his mom will be called queen. He said there it hasn't been decided. There are a lot of interesting Sky documentaries about it, I'm sure, but I don't know if it's true. Mm. And apparently when they were married in 2005, it was announced that her title would be Her Royal Highness, the Princess Consort, whenever the prince accedes to the throne. But... Based on what I've read in the past, there's no, like, the rules say that the king's wife is the queen, and they would have to change the rules in order for her not to be known as the queen, and I just can't imagine them actually going to the trouble of changing the rules. I don't know. What do you think? I don't, yeah, I don't think so either, unless, like, unless the rule is that she won't be named queen, maybe because they got divorced in the past. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I don't know if Charles, like, I feel like Charles would want her as the title as queen, so if if any which way that has to go down, I think that he's going to make that happen. Do you think it would be a very popular choice for him to name her queen? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like her reputation has gotten better over the years, but I think that it took another hit when everything happened with the crown this past year. I mean, obviously, even her son said that a lot of it was kind of blown way out of proportion um, and that they got a lot of the story wrong. But I think a lot of people's opinion was kind of swayed in the other direction again. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, you you know, you're on the ground in London. What do people kind of think about her? I think some people 
do think that I think it's interesting because a lot of people think they're such a perfect match for each other. Yes. And it's clear mm-hmm. that they are. I mean, they are, yeah. all of this wouldn't have happened if they didn't truly love each other. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you just have all those people who will never accept her because of everything that went on with Diana. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. We'll have to wait and see. So who knows how this is all going to go down, but we're going to, we'll, we'll know yeah, eventually. Yeah. All right. Well, now it is time to break down the royal rules. And if you ever wondered what Queen Elizabeth was like as a teenager, then look no further than the new book, The Windsor Diaries, My Childhood with the Princesses Elizabeth and Margaret. Now, Isabella Naylor Leland turned her Aunt Alethea's diary entries into a book about her childhood with the Queen and Princess Margaret. Take a look. Tell our viewers a little bit about Alethea and how she came to know Elizabeth and Margaret. She was my uh, husband's maternal aunt, and she started her life off in in North Yorkshire and London. Mm -hmm. And when she was in London, she would go to dancing classes as a little girl at Buckingham Palace. And I don't for sure know why, but I imagine it's because... um, because George V was a very good friend of her grandfather's. And I think in those days, people moved in certain circles. And I imagine that, you know, she was the sort of suitable playmate for the, for the princesses. And, and she would go off and, and have those sort of things like dancing and drawing and things. Speaking of childhood, I mean, they, they did have, they did like to do normal things together that like you wouldn't imagine Queen Elizabeth doing now, like picnics and things like that. So what were the type of things that, you know, teenage girls like to do together? Well, that, that's one of the things I find. I mean, I find all the Royal bits very charming. Yeah. Um, mostly. And, and, and one of the reasons as you just rightly say is that, Mm -hmm. They do such very sort of simple and mundane things like one of their favorite things is dragging an old cart down to the rubbish heap and they fill it full of iron. Mm -hmm. And then um, they go skating quite a lot Mm -hmm. and they often unblocking streams and dredging lakes and all the sort of things that they're very rural. They wouldn't be able to do that if they were in London. But just very simple things and mucking about with the ponies and a lot of gossiping and giggling goes on and just just very natural and normal things that you you um and Alethea was a little bit older, but I think she was she was incredibly immature. Mm-hmm. Um and even though the Queen was younger than her, I think the Queen was much more mature than Alethea. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm sure there was some gossiping and giggling about Prince Philip at the time, because I know that Elizabeth confided that she had a crush on a certain handsome prince from Greece, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And um, I think that, you know, that that I think Alethea was very touched when she confided in her over this. Yeah. Although I seem to remember the excerpt, I think Princess Margaret egged her on to do it, but, and she was only, she was 14. So it is um, extraordinary to think even that early time. And I know one of the questions was, was about having a picture that she had on her mantelpiece mm-hmm. of him and, and tore photographs out of the paper. So it, 
it really is a very early love story. Yeah, it really is. So she tore photos out of the paper and kept it of him and things like that. She did, and um, that's all in the, the right. diaries. And mm -hmm. um, it's lovely. You hear these things, and it's, it's very nice to actually read them and, and realize they really were, they really are true. And how did their relationship evolve or change, and did they stay connected, you know, well after their 20s? Yes, I think there was a... As far as the diaries are concerned, I think that from about sort of 20 to 30 or something, I think they didn't see a great deal of each other. As one can imagine, both their lives went separate ways, even though they both ended up back in London. Um, obviously, the Queen's life became um, extremely complicated and, 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 and full on. And and then Alethea married, and then she eventually lived in Switzerland. So their lives did um, separate in that way, but they always kept in touch. She always, she had her to dinner, and she would go over and have lunch at Buckingham Palace. And then there were, she was always asked to parties. And, um, and one very lovely thing I do remember is, is not long before she died, Alethea, um, a matter of months before she died, she was asked to a, a ball at, at Buckingham Palace. And, um, and when she came back, she'd been seated on the Queen's table and there were eight people on her table. Wow. And I remember thinking how sweet that was of the Queen. And it meant so much to Alethea. And um, that was a very a lovely gesture. And she yeah. was thrilled about that. So I mean, in a way, just... she ended her life in a, in a, you know, they were still sort of together in the scent. In that right. Scent. I mean, that's that's amazing too. It just shows the loyalty of the queen as well. Yeah. You know, so much change happened in her life as well. And she still remembers those that were there from the beginning. Yes. Did uh, Alethea tell you of a favorite memory that, besides the diaries, maybe afterwards, uh, you know, a favorite memory that she shared with the queen, besides maybe that dinner? She didn't really talk about it much. She was yeah. extremely discreet. Yeah. And um, no, I mean, she, she did leave things in the diaries that they chatted about, but I, I feel it would, I mean, the children's stuff I think is, is different, but I think it would be, I think it would be disloyal to their friendship if I was to sort of say what they, they chatted about personally, but mm -hmm. really on the whole, it was just an old, very old friendship and gossiping about friends and mm -hmm. nothing, you know, Normal teenage things. <laughs> well, yes, and, and, and as older friends. Just. Right, and as older friends too. Definitely had to be interesting growing up with uh, the future queen. <laughs> I know, I can't even imagine what that would have been like. So oh, crazy. So crazy. All right, well, before we wrap up, we have to check in on the royal kids in Pine Size Palace. And Princess Char Charlotte celebrated her sixth birthday, which I can't believe she's six years old. And of course, they released a brand new portrait and she is just adorable. Who do you think she looks like? I think she looks so much like William. Yeah, I came really across <laughs> a photo of him as a kid and it's like, they look so alike. What do you think? They really do. I feel like all the kids pretty much look like William. He's definitely got the dominant genes. Like George and Louis are basically the same. They, they look like twins. Um, and then Charlotte definitely does look like, um, look like William. But a lot of people are saying that she looks like a young Queen Elizabeth too. Oh, I could definitely see that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so adorable. We hope she had a great birthday. I'm sure she did. 
Yeah, it definitely. And it's also cool. They stuck to their social media blackout and yes, posted they did. It on someone else's page, which is really cool. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, Molly, thank you so much as always for running down all things Royals. Thank you, Christina. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Royal Yes. Keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we'll see you guys next week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.